Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? It is not your boy, Ike Feldman, solo. A lot of people on Long Island where I was born and raised before I moved to the city and then came back to Long Island. A lot of people called me Gary. No joke. <laughs> Middle name, Gary. Actually, was at Sarah Jiu-Jitsu and uh, Danny Pizzo, who got his black belt recently. I started with him at Maxim Jiu-Jitsu. He calls me Gary. I introduced myself to the law MMA team, to the Sarah Jiu-Jitsu team as Isaac. He yells Gary across the gym. Now some people at Sarah's call me Gary. So with that being <laughs> said, this is the First repetition episode show of the Harry and Gary show. <laughs> What's up How about Harry? that? Not much, brother. It's good to be here. We've, we've been talking about this for a minute now. We've been we've been trying to put some plans together and uh, here we are. And uh, we, we got some big things cooking, big things coming down the pipeline. I'm, yeah. I'm excited for it. But uh, yes, I'm I'm Harry Mack of, of the bookies basement. I've been uh out here covering that uh that long island northeast mma scene for a little bit now uh yeah we figured figured we'd give this thing a damn go you know there's there's an old adage if you can't beat them join them i feel like we're we're joining <laughs> forces this is uh this is your territory with the local guys uh, the boomies the charlie cannibals <laughs> that greek kid that i can't pronounce his name pompa <laughs> Pompos, Charlampos Gregorio. Woo! That's... How about that? How about that? In six fucking, time, I fucking was... get at me, John Anik. <laughs> what a start. Yes, sir. So the Harry and Gary episode one, you know, Brendan Schaub, Theo Vaughn, they all have their uh, their solo podcast and then they do the, the King and the Sting podcast. So this could be our version of that. Uh, we're not going to I mean, we are going to rip on each other. We're going to rip on uh, our guests. We're going to rip on uh, social media, current events. I feel like this is just a match made in heaven. Uh, and what a beautiful time, man. Uh, the fact that. MMA is just solely number one on the docket. We are past the NFL season. We have about <laughs> three months before people start to worry about their fantasy draft. So it feels good to be in the driver's seat in a time where we can really hone in on our craft. And before, like you said, the bigger things happen. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we got some big fights coming down the pipeline that, uh, what do we got international fight week coming up? We got a, we got a pay-per-view that they was this past that. weekend that we'll touch, we'll touch on. Why is that in did. Vegas? Why is the international fight week in Vegas? It's a I know. I think it always degrees. used to be, it used to be Vegas. And then last year, I think they did Abu Dhabi because of COVID stuff, but I think it was always in Vegas, Yeah, but they course. also used to do, they also used to do three events a week for fight week. And I don't think they do that anymore either. They used to do Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, which was awesome. I the, more, the more violence, the better. That was the, there was like a Frank. Oh no. UFC 200. It was, uh, you had the ultimate fighter finale. I think it was Joanna and Claudia Godelia. And then you had yeah, yeah, yeah. next night was Rafael Dos Anjos versus Eddie Alvarez. And then the next night was UFC 200. TJ Pillishaw, Dillashaw was like <laughs> the eighth down uh, from the main event. So, 
yeah, I, I miss those those two or three time uh, uh, per week on the International Fight Week cards. But man, anything else you want to add before we dive into UFC 274 with the window dress? I'm sure we're going to learn a lot more about each other as we as we roll on and keep recording. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I guess thinking about it, the only difference I can think of now is that now we get cards basically every week, right? Where I guess back then we just weren't getting them as often. So maybe that's why they were, they were able to stack them together like that. But, uh, you know, that, that, that's not relevant. I just, uh, I, I'm, I'm an easily infatuated, easily distracted person, as we'll learn. Well, it comes with the age. I feel like you're a little younger than me. So can you give a graduation year? I'm 07 from high school. 2014 holy smokes <laughs> i feel lucky that i graduated right june 2007 i think the iphone came out um yeah, see yeah. i'm i consider myself lucky that i i grew up like as technology grew up like i grew up with technology i didn't grow up with technology you know what i mean like like oh, you see kids now and it's like you got an ipad in your hands at, at, at when you're two years old like I remember when my dad got like a Blackberry for the first time when I was like 10 years old. You know what I mean? Like that shit, like I came of age with that stuff. So I feel like I was the last generation to not be like fully encompassed by it from uh, from the moment you come out of the womb, you know? I think I would have not been in summer school three summers in a row if uh, <laughs> I had a smartphone. I'm like, my my wife, she's retaking, uh, or not retaking, she's finishing up trying to reach her master's. She. She's like, man, these kids are idiots if they're not all passing with 4.0 GPAs. Everything is on YouTube, like seminars, classes. Find you got all the information in the world at the tip of your finger. It's, it's ridiculous. But talking about some things that are on the tip of my fingers, it's it's <laughs> it's no money. It's no bets. I suck this weekend. But I mean, regardless, that, that's the beauty of the sport. Win, lose in, in the betting realm. I pick Gaethje. I picked Nama Yunus. I picked silly. Ferguson. I was looking like money. Uh, silly, silly. <laughs> I did well. I did well on this round. He was picking him apart. He dropped. He did. He did look like vintage Tony for a little bit in the first round. And I thought, yeah, I mean, listen, if you followed Michael Chandler's career since the Bellator days. He threw, I mean, the head what whatever the, he did Anderson Silva. How often yeah. did that happen? 10 years? Well, look, so if you followed Michael Chandler's career through the Bellator days and through his come up, Every, every three or four fights or so, he's always been supremely talented, incredibly athletic, built like a fucking gorilla, super quick, super heavy hands. But every three or four fights, his body just kind of randomly fails him. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the Will, like the Will Brooks fight where his fucking leg, uh, that was the previous fight where his leg gives out or yeah, like Will, like Will Brooks got in place. Like every like a fucking pit bull just knocked him out cold. Like not, not that that's you know Pitbull's Pitbull. Pitbull's an incredible Eddie fighter in, in his own right. Yeah, war with Eddie. But every now and again, Chandler's body seems to just fail him. So when he went down in that first round, I thought for a second, like, oh man, you know, he took a lot of damage in that Gaethje fight. Like this, this might just be the fight that we're due for his uh his chin to just fail him. But nope, recovers, comes back and. Punts Tony Ferguson's head sixty fucking yards. Holy <laughs> shit, dude! Yeah, that was one of the, that was one of the most violent knockouts I've ever seen in my life. One hundred percent for a guy who's never been knocked out. I know he got stopped in the Gaethje fight. It was stopped on the feet, but for a guy who's never been knocked out like Tony, who's always just been such a warrior, such a tough guy. I mean, I don't know if I ever saw him going out like that, man. Jesus. 
I know the, the I was texting my friend who again uh, last time I uh, spoke with you was following UFC 273 with the Aljo Peter Young fight. The same friend who picked against Aljo, who's still like Team Russia, uh, for, <laughs> for some reason, he's like, dude, he's like Tony's got no chin. We're talking back and forth on a text leading up to this. I go, what are you talking about? I go, right? It's like, come on, man. You start watching the sport in like 2020 or something. Give me a break. I, I'm. Pretty much, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, dude, like, Tony, Tony's run was legendary. That run through lightweight to up to those canceled Habib fights, incredible, absolutely incredible. Like one of one of the best winning streaks we have ever seen in the sport. You can never take that away from the guy. It's criminal that he never got a, a, a true title shot, and uh, the, the promotion did him very dirty and all of that. But um, I just hope he missed weight. That wasn't all uh, missed weight at two oh nine. No, no. But when he hurt his knee and all that shit, like uh, you, you know what I mean. They they definitely they didn't do him any favors to face Anthony Pettis about six. And this is why we need to be in person so we can hear each other. This over the Zoom crap. We'll, we'll get it going eventually. But six months later, after blowing the freaking ligament off his bone due to an incredible fight set. Guys, put some like a fluorescent wires, first of all, around the TV studio. Can we figure that out? Oh, Tony God. was probably wearing his sunglasses. He denies that he was wearing his sunglasses <laughs> inside, but I doubt that. But I remember that April Fool's 2018. That was a wild week. But he came back six and a half months later after that. He took about a year off for this fight. I thought that was a great move by him leading up. Absolutely. Mind, especially the issues with, in his personal life, uh, with the company and his business life. Uh, the, I, I, maybe we could get to the Connor stuff, but I thought it was a great move to take a year off. Clear his head. I thought it would be relaxed, smooth, especially in the interviews in the lead up. He said that he changed teams now, uh, changed coaches. He's listening to his self. Now he's going to flow yeah. be that unique Tony that we heard. He wasn't himself in Charles Oliveira. It just seemed mentally no. he wasn't there in the Benil Darius. Tony's always going to be one of those guys to me where it, there's always going to be a big what if attached to him. Where like, what if he worked with like a high level gym and a nutritionist and all of that shit? Eddie Bravo is pretty high level. No, of course, of course. But you know what I mean? Like he doesn't. A lot of there. I mean, there were jokes and memes for years. Like Tony goes out and trains and he just kicks the shit out of a metal pole. You know what I mean? Like, like what, what if instead of doing shit like that, he was doing more traditional, traditional training and maybe oh, you got to give him some credit, man. I've heard. Some oh, stories of course. He's a lunatic, but you know what? You know what I mean? Like, working like in big bear. He's working out. Yeah. In yeah. In big gyms. I mean, look at the Javier Dos Anjos fight in New, uh, Mexico City. Like he dominated uh, RDA for five rounds at elevation. Like put the for sure. I just think maybe if he if he paid a little bit more attention and 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 put a little bit more into trying to preserve his longevity oh, and his street. body. What do you I know, but him? No, I'm I'm talking about now. I, I think maybe the drop off would be less steep. You know what I mean? I think maybe there would be more longevity. But I yeah, really again, was that was incredible. I think that war with Gaethje, he almost caught him. I think it was at the end of the second round with that uppercut where he literally just yeah, yeah. wielded from hell. I mean, and dude, Gaethje changes people's careers, man. You look at James Vick, you look at Michael Johnson. Like, Gaethje is one of the only guys who, like, he puts a beating on you like that, and some guys are just never the same after that. Not Chandler, apparently. And I, No, apparently not. <laughs> I believe the mental side of it, 
gets so overlooked and great, great way by a uh, great uh, calling a uh, uh, describing of the fight, the knockout by you. Uh, Daniel Cormier was trying to get there, but he fell at the goal line. And <laughs> perfect with this football reference because he said, oh, he did a field goal. He did a field goal. And I'm like, no, he punted. Yeah, he yeah that was a punt. punt. <laughs> that was a punt. It was pissing me off. I was screaming at the TV. Uh, but yeah, you described it perfectly. It, it was a punt. I wanted to look at Eddie Alvarez and Michael Chandler. The The rumor is that, what would it be? Six, seven. Yeah, he says that he got an eight-figure deal with one championship. He hinted at $10 million. Okay. <laughs> That makes sense. They I don't I don't believe any of one's finances personally. Wow. That that's a gigantic money laundering you operation. The viewership? As far as I'm, absolutely not. Absolutely what? not. What do you so you believe everything made in China is just false? No, no, no. Don't put that on me. Don't put that on me. But I I mean like I, I love one's product too. I think one might genuinely be my favorite promotion outside the UFC. They're, the four-ounce Muay Thai is fantastic. Their kickboxing product is fantastic. The submission grappling is awesome. I love having cards with all of that shit mixed in. It's a, it's a, a true combat sports promotion. And I greatly, greatly enjoy the product, but I do not believe a word that comes out of Chatri's mouth. Wow. Wow. Shout out to- I mean, I don't, I don't believe a word that comes out of most promoters' mouths, but especially Chatri. I wouldn't be surprised if they had a much bigger viewership than Bellator. Like, I, I really wouldn't. I, I would believe that. I would absolutely believe that. And I mean, the, the social numbers bear that out. But I also don't I don't I don't know how you can directly correlate social performance to actual viewership. You know what I mean? And we're going down a tangent here. I don't know if you saw the, the zone numbers with the, the matchroom and MVP promotions with Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor. They were saying it was one point five viewership. But then Dana White, like he releases numbers on the Jake Paul Woodley. And maybe it's the it could be completely the YouTube age that every kid's got an iPad and a phone at 12 years old. I think Jake Paul draws for for like Zoomers. Jake Paul draws, which is unfortunate. Five thousand pay-per-view buys Dana White for the Jake Paul Woodley fight. I don't believe that. Like you're saying that maybe one isn't bringing in 20 million viewers. But on the end, I don't believe that 55,000 people are the only people who bought the Jake Paul Woodley. And then, yeah, no, I would agree I with that. Serrano and Taylor. Awesome. Awesome fight. Great for women's boxing. Great for boxing in general. I mean, I think he saw uh, Caposa, one of the one of the best MMA Twitter accounts out there where he was in the building. Where said is it was this the- guy, too? He's on Long Island. Yeah, he's a Long Island guy. He's hiding around here somewhere. But um, it, dude, he was in the building at MSG, and he said it was the like the most rowdy crowd he's ever seen at a combat sports event, which says a lot coming from that guy. Wow, damn! I, I mean, dude, the, those uh, those Irish fans go hard. I, I, I think uh, I think every promotion should have to do at least one one show in Dublin every single year. Yes, can we sell out that freaking mythical soccer stadium with Max Holloway, and Connor, or Connor and Nate? Like that's why I'm like Connor. Just say f you to please, the company. Dude. Do your own McGregor promotions with you and Nate as yep. a boxing match in that freaking that eighty thousand soccer rule. stadium. Like, and dude, even though those Bellator cards in Dublin were fucking awesome, that that Peter Quilly walkout, the zombie walkout, one of my favorites of the last decade, with the wow. whole the whole fucking building belting out the words. I mean, bro, shit gives me goosebumps. That shit is awesome. Those I the Europeans in general, they do hooliganism so much better than we do here in the states. Yeah, smoke flares and knives. Yeah, it rules. <laughs> It fucking rules, dude. They have like they have whole gangs dedicated to like soccer teams. It's fucking awesome. 
I know. What you ever see the green screen hooligans? I don't believe I have. I think it's with Daniel Radcliffe. It, it surrounds this. Like it's the uh Oh, is that the one where where he's a Nazi? <laughs> I'm being serious. I'm being serious. Didn't he do a movie where he was like a skinhead? Um <laughs> maybe recently. Uh hand up. <laughs> not not apparently not. You mean American History X? No, no. Daniel Radcliffe did a movie where he was a Nazi, where he was a skinhead. Okay. Do you know the name of it? I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. I'm okay. looking it up. Talk us through it. I'm looking it up. I Daniel the research theme Radcliffe Nazi movie. Imperium. Imperium 2016. Yep. Wow. I did not see that. Was Daniel it Radcliffe neo-Nazi thriller. No, it was not good. <laughs> now we're right. we are going least- to tangent. And yes, we are. Yes, we are. But it's good to know I'm not like schizophrenic or something. That was a real movie that did exist and did did, did happen. Now, uh, before we get back online, let's continue this tangent. Did you get offended when you when I wrote, man, you need to channel that brain power? Because I did delete it. And I was like, man, I'm trying to be positive. Should this be a DM text? <laughs> oh, no, no, dude, that was fucking funny. Dude, I, I mean, listen, if you can't, if you can't you joke at your own in there, man, I think you got a V8 there. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. But if you, if you can't joke and laugh at your own expense, then, then what are you doing in life? You know what I mean? And the way that I see it, I consider my, I don't know if I, I'm a, I'm a dumb, smart guy or a smart, dumb guy. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm an intelligent person, but I'm also really fucking dumb in some aspects. No, I'm just no, stupid. No, sometimes. no, you're not. No, you're not. It's just that you're frustrated with the world around you. Fair. Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe that. I mean, I, I'm dumb enough to get blasted in the body by Kid Marvelous. So there's got to be there's got to be a screw or two loose up there. I don't. Are you? Do, if you could, do you have share screen on your end? Uh, yeah, I believe I do. Okay, if if you can uh, have that ready, we could wrap up the uh, this episode of Harry and Gary number one with that uh, <laughs> that video. That'd be great. We could do a Robin Black breakdown. <laughs> But on track, what I was saying was with, I think, okay, you're saying that Eddie Alvarez didn't get the eight figure contract, whatever. He's, I'm, sh- I'm sure he got a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure he's getting paid very seven. well. It's at least seven figures. Come on. Absolutely. Come on. At least one to five in that range. It has to be maybe two, maybe it's three, maybe it gets For one sure. per fight. That's freaking, that's pretty good. That's John Jones esque for Eddie Alvarez. Who's, For sure, and he deserves it. Well, yeah. OGs, man, a true OG of the sport. I, I, it always makes me happy to see those guys getting paid. You know what My I mean? My point is, I looked at Michael Chandler when he came into the UFC like, holy crap. You described the Pitbull fights, Alvarez fight, the Hendo fights. Uh, before the Hooker fight, I go, man, he's got a lot of mileage on him. Yeah, he's yeah. in tremendous shape. We see all these guys in tremendous shape. But how does his knees feel? How does his neck his right. back? He wrestled at Mizzou for free. Yeah, dude. He won a long friggin' Tyron Woodley. You know how many how long ago that that, is? that team was stacked, dude. Askren, Woodley, and fucking Michael Chandler. I mean, holy shit, my, the, the talent in that room. Gregor Gillespie, who's this really scary dude. He said when I wrestled D1, uh, was a national champion. That's the hardest thing I ever did in my life. He said that was serving my sentence. My point is Chandler <laughs> had that wrestling career, had the entire entire Bellator career come over to the UFC with all that mileage. I was like, okay, this might be the peak, the Dan hooker knockout. 
Then right. I think, and I think people forget that he was originally booked as the alternate for that uh, that Fourier title fight when he first came in. Oh, oh he, uh, uh, two. No, no, it was Gaethje. Oh yes, yes, yes. Habib. Gaethje Habib. Gaethje Habib. You're so right. Don't yes. cut me off with false. <laughs> That's on me. That's on me. But yeah, I mean, he was originally brought into the UFC as an alternate for a title fight, and I wish I would have loved to see him in his true prime against Habib. I think that would have been an incredible stylistic matchup. Yes. Yes. Captain America versus Redface or whoever the guy is. <laughs> Seriously, for real, for real Rocky and Drago. <laughs> well, my point is you look at Michael Chandler's trajectory and it's probably around the same time where Eddie Alvarez has been in one. Maybe it's been two or three years. Maybe Eddie Alvarez has like maybe a year on Chandler from switching organization post Bellator. Yeah. The mental side of it, the mental side of it. If Michael Chandler was in one championship fighting Tony Ferguson coming off that stool after getting dominated and dropped in the first round, I don't think he's punting Tony Ferguson. I don't think he's I think he's counting the numbers, counting his check. He's emphasized over and over and over how much he's so happy to be on the UFC platform. Yeah, platform. For sure. Patty Pimlet and Sean O'Malley are not who they are. Hamza Chamayev, he's just another Russian in PFL with the OV at the end of their name. If he's not in the UFC, I really think it's mental. It's almost playing up to your audience. If it's fighting in front of your mom or fighting in a field with nobody around you, it, I really believe that. Look at Michael Chandler, what he's doing in the UFC. Eddie Alvarez may be making more money than him. Seriously, maybe making more money than him. Likely is. His career has gone over the last two or three years. So I really think it's mental and you need to respect the platform. Man, what the yeah. hell is next for Mr. Chandler? I don't know. Man. I mean, I have a take that some of my friends disagree with, but I think right now, pound for pound, Michael Chandler is the best pure prize fighter on earth. I think that he is the guy who is going to go in there and give you a Gaethje. fucking Gaethje's I don't know, though. He I even did, had I, a head to head. I, they, they did. But I just, I just think right. But that, but like, look what just happened. I mean, I, I guess that's unfair because Gaethje fucking dropped chalk. And that was that was maybe the best for one round. Like that was right up there with Diaz and Daly for the best one round fight ever for me. But like Chandler is right. And he fell over with. He is right in that conversation with me for the best pure prize fighter on earth. A guy who, no matter what, you know you're getting your money's worth from a Michael Chandler fight. He's going to bring the entertainment. He's going to bring the action. It's, it, I've never seen a boring Michael Chandler fight. Maybe it's the top. What about the promo? Like, right. Electric on the mic, too. I think I, that's part of it, too. I think he's better than Gaethje on the mic. I think you would have to agree with that, right? Oh, yeah. Dude, not a skip beat. I watch all of his post-fight stuff. This guy sheds light. He goes and he's like, you know, I'm not going to disrespect Connor for what he's done for the sport. I just want to get a chance to knock, uh, no, not knock boots with him. That that would be weird. But <laughs> I just want to get a chance to knock gloves with him, and it's like so respectful, and it is a breath of fresh air, especially this post peak Connor McGregor, era. like Michael Chandler. Yeah, I joke, but uh, kind of serious in the fact that I'm saying he is kind of like Captain America. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's got that whole kind of vibe about him. I mean, I remember, I remember after the hooker fight, he got up on the fucking. Now they banned flags for some stupid reason now, but I remember after, after the hooker fight, he got up on the cage with the American flag. He's fucking screaming. He's pumping his arms up in the air, like, yeah. I mean, the guy, the guy just exudes excitement. Yeah, two backflips. I was like, oh my god, this guy's amazing. 
Yeah, I mean, he also might be the best pure athlete in the UFC. Seriously. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, and, and it's it's tough because again, like you go back and you watch those some of those old Bellator fights, and he's not he's still so incredibly skilled. He's still got cinder blocks for hands, but he's not quite as explosive as he was back in the day. You know what I mean? I mean, in his true prime, Chandler had some of the fastest hands I have ever seen at 155, ever. And I mean, he's still a freak athlete, absolute freak in nature. I mean, Rogan says it all the time. He's literally, he's built like a gorilla. <laughs> I mean, go back. I think what, I think what Ch- Charlie just did to, what Chucky Olives just did to Gagey makes what Chandler did all the more impressive when Chucky Olives is on your fucking back. The fight's over nine times out of 10. And Chandler was able to just muscle his way out of it, just explode out of it like a moose. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I didn't realize that fight, uh, that, uh, that happened until uh, this fight week. I was like, man, I remember watching that fight. I think it was UFC 262. And I was like, I was like, he had his back. I was like, I just yeah, remember man. them dropping each other. And that is it. That was it. I was like, Chucky had his back for like 90 seconds. And there's not a lot of guys who survived 90 seconds of Chucky Olive's back control. That's a great point. That's a great point. So speaking of um, uh, maybe, maybe we could save this. Uh, yeah, the, we'll 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 push it off for a little later. We're we're all over the place. We're a about little bit. To, it's episode one. It's episode one. We're still getting it down. <laughs> we are. We are. Although there's also there's there's some fights not worth talking about even on that main card. <laughs> I mean, that's why I rather just do this now and then we can kind of pick it up. Yeah, just gloss stuff. over this stinky stuff. <laughs> what the hell? What pissed me off was okay. You know what, Rogan. First of all. Joe Rogan following UFC 209. Yes. You're so much better with the numbers than me. I don't remember the numbers of events at all. I just remember fights. March of 2017. Yeah. Your boy Thompson versus Tyron Woodley. Dwight, the rematch. <laughs> Nothing happened for 24 minutes and 30 seconds. Tyron Woodley went back against the fence. Maybe you heard the, the clock or the, the clappers. Knocks with uh Wonder Boy down, tears his knee. He, he wins it because that was the sole drop. Similar right hand go burr with uh Wonder Boy and Darren Till. Literally, like the last round, he drops him in the last round. He wins the fight. Rogan was clamoring for years, and he still is for years and years. He goes, That was an entertaining fight because of the, the chess match. It was not. And then he's he's killing this fight in the middle of the fight. I don't know if he's in full on podcast comedian mode and and he's just I think a lot of it is Rogan. Just I don't think he cares as much as he used to, which like, you know what? I can't I can't fault him for if I had one hundred million dollars, I probably wouldn't care as much about my fucking day job either. But McGregor shaked everything up. Uh, Right. But I think it's apparent. 16 is when Rogan stopped traveling internationally. Right. Right. When you go back Right. When you go back and you watch old cards, you can literally hear the difference in Rogan's voice and, and how enthusiastic he is and how interested he is. And yeah, now he just like it's he just doesn't have that same fire for it, I guess, is, is the way I would put it. Which is crazy because you hear these broadcasters like Al Michaels and uh, who's the who's the guy? Oh, my gosh. But We're looking live. Buck? Um, oh, uh, Mus- Musburger. Musburger. Like the, these guys are like seven degenerate gambling legends. And the, they're not exercising as much as Rogan. I think just Rogan's, I don't know, maybe it's just 
just to get out of the house, just to travel a little. Uh, right. Uh, I literally think it's like something he does for fun at this point. You know what I mean? He'll get in three million just to do 12 shows. Yeah. Like yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. But my point is they were killing this fight already in the third round. And then, yes, it did turn out to be boring. But my point was hold off on the criticism, guys. I mean, you have a whole audience. He was making fun See, of it. I disagree, though. I, I respect not telling the company line and and calling it what it is because it was not an entertaining fight it was not a, like, for for the viewers at home we did we did not preface this we're talking about rose and carla obviously yeah, we if haven't that, if, yeah if, if that wasn't apparent we're talking about the strawweight title fight that was arguably the worst title fight of all time and i respect rogan not towing the company line there i respect him calling that what it was it wasn't a good fight it wasn't entertaining rose fought very timid she fought not to lose she didn't fight to win and to be honest the the way that she's acted following the fight has just—it's like she's trying as hard as she can to just be supremely unlikable. She is. She has been a sore loser. She has not like, like she's talking about how defense is supposed to win you a fight. If you read the scoring criteria, nowhere in the scoring criteria does defense score. Defense is its own reward in itself. Damage is what scores, and you didn't do any. It's that simple. I agree with you, and I'm more I'm most pissed off at Pat Barry. But what I was saying with Rogan is that. I was like, dude, you can't be the same person who defends Woodley and Wonderboy too. Fair, fair. Man, you killed this already. That's that's all. Uh, yeah, I I would I would tell Rose to grow up, but Pat Barry would probably divorce her. <sighs> oh my gosh, I'm in trouble with them. I'm not going to get in trouble with them. We could slowly start. The, I can slowly start to share some stories of them. <laughs> we'll we'll share people. some of those off air, but I mean, what is yeah. with us, Harry? I've been banned from the UFC for eight months. <laughs> my wow. apologies my apologies i couldn't i couldn't help myself it's low-hanging fruit what are we doing <laughs> but my point is it killed me when pat's like you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing we have her exactly where we want her and i'm like what kind of advice is that right trevor whitman telling her she's up four rounds going into the fifth like i mean trevor whitman's a world-class coach what are you doing dude what are you doing and like there's no way you can confidently say that you're up four rounds in that fight in either direction from her corner that right right they're doing her a disservice not like oh my god if rose engages she might lose this fight because carla didn't she display in the third round that she could shake off a takedown? She was a nice right. loser to, to push a Carla away and regain position on the feet. Didn't she prove that like that? Isn't that what the uh, announcers always say? Oh, this is that's a big confidence booster. It's a big confidence. Booster. Right, right. You're, you're doing your fighter a disservice if that's your corner work. Seriously. 100 uh, percent. The rumor is, according to Dana, it could change. It could change. The winner of Joanna Weili Zhang. Uh, I think it's the Singapore fight, UFC 276, June 11th or June 4th. I'm not sure exactly. Sounds about the right. winner of Joanna Weili 2 fights Carla. Wow. I like it. I like it. That, that makes sense. Not that only losing sense. the title, but she has to now. Does she have to fight again? Listen, you, you don't deserve an immediate rematch off that performance. You don't. You, you just she have don't to fight again. I, I think the fight to make is Rose Andrade again. You do Rose Andrade, and that's who's second in line after the winner of Wei Li and, and 
Uh, Joanna. Nobody's talking about that. Wow. I think that may, I think that makes a lot of sense. Does it I not? I think anything you said in terms of future matchups for Rose would convince me. Holy moly. I mean, uh, Andrade coming off an, an impressive standing submission. Yeah. I think that fight makes a lot of sense. And honestly, wow. I, I will also add it's, it's a shame that Whaley and Joanna is not going to be a five rounder. That should absolutely be a five round fight. I don't care where on the card it is. Actual. I think um, if I think it's obvious if if Diaz both of them actually if they're like to uh, Sean Shell not Hunter Campbell is the guy people have to learn about the guy looks like yeah, yeah, Daniel yeah. Radcliffe from Harry Potter <laughs> that guy's the the mastermind behind all of this apparently he's a lawyer a law, law background who handles all the contract negotiation yeah Dana he's, he's the literally suit. the president Dana White has become Trump like he's literally just a puppet who's like right. <laughs> He's the he's the Roger Goodell. He's the face, and he's getting lazy now. He's not even doing pressers. John Anik is doing that. So, um, my point is, dude, I freaking love that. Uh, and with the five round thing, it's I think if Diaz's are like, hey, can you give us six hundred k, eight hundred thousand, one million, two million? They're like, well, then you have to fight for five rounds. And I, I think they would take that every time. I think they think yeah. they would finish the fight. I think that's but, a contractual thing. But I, I think I think Joanna should be in that same position. She was a great champion for a long time. I think wait, wait, I mean they're trying and to vice build versa. Up the, maybe Joanna wanted more money for five rounds, which is yeah, fair. probably which which she which in my opinion she deserves. But that's besides the point. And and they're also they're they're trying to build out the fan base in China. And Whaley is huge over there. So I feel like it makes I don't know. I, th- I think it makes it makes sense from a financial standpoint for the company to shell out whatever extra money those two fighters want to to get to give us a, a rematch of ar- arguably the best strawweight fight in history. And if Rose, I mean, Rose fights on that's a trilogy. If she fights Carla, Whaley, Joanna, that's a trilogy. People are going to make fun of this. There is going to be one tweet. There is one tweet for every side of comedy and the MMA. Uh, of course. Um, it's yes. It just shows you how thin the women's division are. I mean, it's only 10 years old. Right. Men. And, have- and straw weight is the deepest of all of them. Yes. And then Rose's trilogy and everybody. Yeah. But I mean, I've long said, man, in my opinion, cut. Cut women's 145. They don't even bother. They never bothered to build out that division and add Adam weight, man. Add 105. If you add one, I mean, Carla Esparza would be a long time reigning champion if there was a 105 pound division. And there's much, there's just a much deeper talent pool worldwide. You go over to Japan, you go over to Invicta. Great, great Adam weight classes. And those ladies have incredible cardio. They put on incredible fights. I would much rather watch an Adam weight women's fight than, than women's featherweight, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, featherweight is not. Yeah, it's, it's, it's barren. Not, it's barren. It doesn't exist. Felicia Spencer is like top three. And she could be. She, she retired. Spencer. Yeah. Oh, my God. She, she retired off a win. And she was like the only contender in the division. Uh, they pushed her out. Then the fact that you're telling me that. And then I find out that Megan Anderson uh, reti- retired as well. Right. I mean, I, I, th- I think they're planning to, sh- to, to, to fold up the division probably whenever Amanda retires, but they're, 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 it's, it's barren. They never bothered to try and build it. Wow. Find that all, all this, uh, these changes, there's no chance that uh, Kayla Harrison comes over to the UFC now. Well, that's the thing. Everybody talks about, listen, I, I don't think Kayla has faced the greatest competition in PFL, obviously, but it's not like the UFC has that many better fights for her. It's the Amanda fight, and that's really it. Who else do they have? 
Yeah. And Juliana doesn't even want to go up to. Uh, right. Animal right. Time. So yeah. I don't. I, yeah, I don't know about that one. And I also You're can't close in and out it. now that I'm putting the pieces together. Uh, the rematch for Juliana not going up to featherweight. Uh, the Felicia Spencer, yeah. Megan Anderson being cut. Yikes. The writing is on the wall. I thought they could have done an ultimate fighter season. And then you have 16 new uh, featherweights that you could find out maybe four of them. Could you could keep recycle them within the, the four others? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And like at least PFL is trying to build that that women's 155 division. You know what I mean? I mean, they signed Julia Budd. She just lost to Jenna Fabian, who's a, a very well credentialed striker out of city kickboxing. They, uh, you know, the, 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 even the woman Kayla fought, like, you know, I, I know Kayla 30, 27 her, but she was six and two. She's a seven time world Sambo champion Marina. Oh man. I can't do the last mock mock. I can't do the last name. Marina. Not your title, John Anik. Yeah, 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 yeah. I should know this too. I literally write PFL's fucking play by play and results articles for their website. I should know this one, but you know what? She's yeah. Yeah. I got, uh, I, I actually interviewed for a social media position with PFL uh, I didn't get that job, but they offered me this position writing, doing play-by-play and analysis for, uh, for, for all of their fights. I so, yes, I am. Chamatar Sandu, if, if I'm correct, the social media position. That's, that's quite possible. They said they were going to go with somebody with more like co- corporate experience than I have, which is perfectly fair because I'm an idiot who's been making it all up as I go along. But um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm very grateful for that opportunity. I, I, I very much enjoy that. I enjoy working with everybody there. They're, they're great folks over there. They put on a good show. Yeah, man. I've been uh, loving your interviews. Um, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I got my uh, I got I got my nameplate right here from uh, last year's uh, championship. Nice. There you go. Your, uh, your front door. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that'll be on my office one day. Well, but, let's um, get to the main event, man. Charles Oliveira, Justin Gaethje, it was a firefight. The tides really turned when Oliveira landed that straight right down the middle. His striking's improved. We all know what he's done on the mat. He gets another finish, another submission, uh, extends his... Charles by sub, plus 140. Was it? That was a plus 140? Cash it, baby. Yep. And I I had Charles by sub in round one, two, or three, plus 180. Wow, those are great lines. Great lines. So great odds. Great odds. Couldn't resist them. Great job by you. Great job by Charles. There is no scale conspiracy, people. Can we please stop with that? I went down a rabbit hole trying to figure out the scale thing. There's no like this is the highest at the high level. You got the uh, the Olympics and the UFC that really uh, lean into the the scales and making weight. Uh, Come on. I just think I just think it's so silly that in 2022 we're still using the fucking sliding manual manual scale. Just use Isn't a digital. Is that supposed scale. to be more accurate? I, like, I I think, but it also leaves more room for human error because guys do it quickly, guys do it wrong, guys do this, guys do that. There's oh. just more. There's just more room for human error. You know what? I did not appreciate what Ariel Hawani did when he posted that. He goes, "Man, we needed this." commission to Wayne Charles Oliveira and it was the two UFC 254 with Khabib. Oh yeah, he was holding the arms. Yep. Yep. Good. (laughs) And it's like, man, that's so messed up. And that's kind of that that spits on Khabib's uh legacy a little. Like because we know about the Khabib issues in the past. That's a I didn't like that by Hawani. Yeah. I mean listen, as far as I see it, it's MMA. If if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. DC had the whole towel gate thing. You know what I mean? Everybody's tried something. 
Yeah, that was funny. I respected that move. I generally am not a huge DC on commentary guy, but uh, I, I respected that. And him, him getting inducted into the Hall of Fame was a nice moment also. But future Hall of Famer, Charles Oliveira, man. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, he, he's the number one contender. It makes total sense. Don't he's the champ. He's the champ. He's my champion. I don't give a fuck. I don't give he's a fuck about any of that. Charles, Charles Oliveira is the best lightweight on planet Earth right now. That's, that's as far as I see it. And number two, we don't know. But who's deserving of the, the title shot? Islam Makachev. And I know you didn't like that. You, you, you didn't like that. You made fun of that 42.6%. No, I wasn't making fun of the 42.6% for Islam. I was making fun of the 42.6% who voted for Connor. Fuck those people. That's who I was making fun of. That is who I was making fun of. I I think it's perfectly reasonable to say Islam deserves the next shot. Personally, I would like to see them remake the Dariush fight, make that a true number one contender fight. But but I I have no problem with Islam. Elon Musk has slipped away. I I can hear his (laughs) Q-tip tribe called Quest voice somewhere in the distance. (laughs) But it's like, no, Islam Makhchev, let's do that. The supreme grappling. No, I have no problem with that. No problem with that. I do have a problem with 42.6% of people thinking Connor should just waltz into a fucking title fight. Well, it doesn't help that Charles Oliveira is calling him out. Is everybody that? That's the money fight, man. That's that's the red panty fight. Yes, everyone is that broke. (laughs) That's the problem, man. (laughs) That's the fucking problem, guys. I mean, look at Dustin. Dustin turned down a title fight for that red panty night with Connor. Charles Oliveira would murder Connor McGregor. Oh, it, dude, it would be, he would run through him like fucking a hot knife through butter. That would now would be no contest. Well, what, what, what would you cap that at? What do you think the odds would be if that fight happened? Minus 275 for Charles. Yeah, I was going to say minus like 250, 260. Same page. Um, And I like McGregor coming back for RDA. The Diaz fight just seems like it's going to be in a boxing promotion or for Bellator. I like <laughs> Connor versus RDA. RDA is he's becoming relevant again. He's getting wins. Hey, RDA rules, man. That Mocano fight was awesome. Seems like he figured out 155. He's fought at 170, which Connor he's, is the A He's side. booked right now. He's booked against Fizzy again. Oh. They, re- they rebooked that fight, which is going to be awesome. That's an awesome fight. I, I love Fiziev. I love RDA. That's going to be a banger. But I, then, I personally think, I don't think we see Connor ever fight at 155 again. I think Connor is going to be at 170. I think he's overcutting weight. Does he fight this year? It's, it's May already, man. It's May already. If he does, I think it'll be like November, December. I think more likely would be like quarter one, 2023. And when is uh, Fiziev versus uh, RDA booked for? That is an excellent question. Um, I want to say, like, I want to say July. Let's take a look. November or December would be fair enough time for RDA. And Connor be coming back from the leg issue. Yeah, facts. Well, I can, now I can't fucking find it. Maybe, uh, maybe they haven't announced a date yet and they just announced the fight. Well, the 155 division, I do like Chandler and Poirier. I like Connor. Awesome fight. I like Makachev and uh, Charles Oliveira. 
And J- July 9th, that's the fantasy book for. I know he's your brother. He's my brother. I know he's <laughs> all of that. But, dude, you want Charles to go to Abu Dhabi in September to fight Islam? Yeah, what fuck that, dude. That's, Charles deserves a title fight in Brazil, first yeah. of all. You know, a lot of people are questioning the, if Islam deserves it. You put the fight in Brazil, I think that weighs the scales in terms of deserving. Charles wants to I fight don't... in Brazil. Uh, you know, it, it, he is the he's not the clear cut number one contender, but he does should be next term. Put it in Brazil. It's fair. If you're willing to go into Brazil and fight Charles Oliveira, all respect to you for sure. But yeah, J- July 9th is that uh, that RDA. Fight. OK, so then, yeah, November four or five, uh, December four or five months after that. Yeah, it's a reasonable turnaround. And there's so much there's there's still something there. I forget which fight where they cross paths. Um, it might have been uh, with the Poirier fight when McGregor was in uh, Vegas, when he saw RDA again. Yo, we're doing now. We're doing now. There's still <laughs> steam there. I, I definitely want to see that. You know, the UFC is going to pull out like all the footage. They're going to show that angle where McGregor's got he takes off the glasses and he's got the Hawaiian shirt on. <laughs> that, was, that was a power look, Ike. That was a powerful look you just gave. I got you gave me goosebumps. Yeah, I sold you. See, UFC 197. <laughs> oh my gosh. Speaking no, of, I mean, there's never so happened. many options. There's so many options at lightweight. Now we, we lost steam a little here. I think we slowed down. This is this is what I want to incorporate commercial breaks, people. I want to bring back what you guys loved about your childhood, which was commercial breaks. <laughs> especially in radio and TV. God bless Joe Rogan for doing the two to three, sometimes four and a half hour podcast nonstop without pissing the dudes a camel. Yeah, I I think commercial breaks can be good for certain mediums. I think, uh, I don't know, I'm losing a little steam, man. You seem uh, refreshed. Do you have the the kid video on call? Can can you share the screen? Of course, of course. I'm, I'm always queued up. Share screen, what the fuck? Calendar finder, whiteboard. Why, why is this? Why and is we are hiring point? for producer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Allow Zoom to share your screen. Your payment will be you get to see the content before it's posted. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. As I've told Ike many, many times so far, not a technology guy. I see. Zoom that. will not be able to record the content. Oh, of yeah, I, I can share the screen. Oh, wait. Oh, I have, to, I have to quit. I have to quit and reopen to share the screen. You send me the Let link. Me, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that's exactly what I was about to do. Okay. You know how to send the link. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I put it in the Zoom chat. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah, I got, I got Adrian Yanez the next. I had a freaking Zoom chat. Okay. I got Adrian Yanez clamoring to be the next guy who punches me in the stomach when uh, the next time he's up in New York. So that'll be a blast, I'm sure. Now, speaking of loyalty, what the hell? And again, I expect us for the Harry and Gary shows, call <laughs> each other to the carpet and to call each other out if need be. Of course. Okay. So what the hell is going on with this love for Patty Pimlet? On your end, I'm not talking about Aljo's. Yeah, I could uh, call Aljo to the carpet. But what's going on with Patty Pimlet 
You, hey, I, I made a video. My neighbor. I made a video. You did a digital calling out Patty Pimblet. an MMA junkie. And now you're out here loving what Patty the Fatty and Meatball Molly are doing. I would like, I would like you to cite your sources, sir. I would, I would like to see some proof of these allegations. It's, oh God, the Jew in you is speaking now. We're, you know. <laughs> buddy, I'm I work in law for my full time job. Don't don't you test me. Dude, you, you, better, you better. I'm a paralegal. You better come Holy with the receipts. Holy shit! <laughs> I oh dude, since, since I was since I was eight years old, I've had Jewish relatives tell me, "Oh, Harry, Harrison, you'll make a great lawyer one day." What? You're telling me you wear a suit? Nah, not these days. I work from home these days. Fucking a, but when when I gotta. Okay, now that I'm thinking your Twitter profile, you did not have the beard. So that was pre-pandemic. No, that was um. Uh... Wait, did you have a beard or not? I think I think I do. That was at one of those PFL shows last summer. All right, moving on, Mister Paralegal, and next episode, <laughs> we're gonna get into uh, your favorite law movies. So be ready for that. Not law okay, MMA okay. on Commercial Avenue. Law <laughs> movies. I'm talking about the firm, the rainmaker, Twelve Angry Men. The night of that will count, even though it's a series or a short series. Fair, fair. Here but, we uh, go. Yes, this is not Totoro killed part of a, a new. This is part of a new series that I am working on called "Hit Me with Your Best Shot" because I think a lot of MMA fans they sit at home and they watch these fights and they think, ah, you know what? Like that can't be that bad. That can't possibly be that fucking brutal. I assure you, it is. I promise you, it is. And this is what it looks like when a regular schmuck gets hit by a fucking 5 and 0 undefeated oh, professional And boxing is his best part, his best discipline. Yep. That's right. I mean they don't call him the body snatcher for nothing. So, yeah, uh, just did a documentary on Justin the Kid, uh Montavo, Great stuff. The gray area. Thank you Harry, I appreciate that. Um this guy has the best body shots possibly the best boxing in MMA. Uh, he's basically the Diaz brothers with power. So uh, <laughs> basically Nick Diaz, if Nick, I mean, Diaz what? he's finished, down, he's finished three fights with this punch. And now Harry decides to take the punch. As always, uh, with the body snatcher, Justin Montalvo, Kit Marvelous, he's going to hit me with his best shot. Don't try it at home. Nice mustache, too. He got me good. He got me good. You got the people looking in the class. Look at the guy with the high bossy. Yeah, yeah. Poor, poor Sully just trying to teach jujitsu. <laughs> Is this Manimal's class? No, no, Sully, Sully. <laughs> That face, the face is brutal. (laughs) Dude, somebody else said that. Somebody commented on the video and was like, I like Yoel shaking his arms out. Nah, Ian's Ian's good people. We got the Funk Monster, Kelvin Sterling. We got Shalev Batesh. Fucking whole mat full of killers. (laughs) Yeah, Kel decided to stomp me out for good measure. Okay, and where can people find wonderful content? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So if 
If you're enjoying what you're hearing here, and obviously you are, you can find all of my content and along with all of our gambling winners in every sport under the sun, curated by the brightest minds on the internet at the www.thebookiesbasement.com. You can find me on Instagram at thebookies underscore basement. And uh, that is where all my content lives. You can also find it on Twitter at bbharrymack. And uh, yes, there will be there will be plenty more of that to come. I got I got a couple more of those in the works. I'm, I'm trying to take one of those one of those legendary cannibal leg kicks. Whoa! Yeah, that would it's gonna suck, but it's gonna be good. It's gonna be some good stuff. Whoa! When is the plan for that? I don't know. We we got to figure it out. We got to figure it out. But uh, I mean, dude, this one was just like we finished practice one day and me and Kid had DM'd about this on the side. And I was just like, yo, you, I got my camera. You want to you do it? And he was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. So it'll probably be something like that. <laughs> did he let you know percentage wise of how much he unleashed? He did not. I mean, listen, it, listen, it definitely wasn't 100 percent. But uh, I told him, don't don't pull that shit. I told him, don't pull that shit. I want to get I, I want to feel it. I want to feel it. And he was. He was very good, very good about it. Had my arms in the air, made sure he didn't break my fucking ribs because he absolutely would have if he hit him. But uh, oh, are you serious? Oh, yeah. No, he like lined it up and made sure that I was positioned so that he would not hit me in the ribs because that punch absolutely would have broken one of my brittle ass bones. Would you rather an MMA punch, an MMA, a four ounce glove punch to your arm or the boxing glove to your stomach? Oh, Probably the MMA glove to the oh, arm. Okay, okay. Probably yeah. the MMA glove to the arm. Any, almost anywhere else, I'm probably taking the boxing glove. Now, but on the Charlie arm, going, like, I've, I've taken that before, you know? Is Charlie going shin guard with this leg kick? That's a good question. That's a good question. He'll that's probably, well, that's probably what will happen because, I mean, I, I would feel like the biggest piece of shit on earth if, if in some freak incident Charlie managed to hurt him. Well, if he cracks my femur or if he hurt himself kicking me so fucking you know, hard. This happened once before where a media guy and a, uh, uh, an MMA fighter um, by the name of Forrest Griffin. Did you ever see that video? <laughs> I can't say I have, but uh, Jesus, that's a, that's a bold man. That's a brave man. And Forrest Griffin has baseball bats. Oh, him. yeah. And that's one of the biggest guys to make 205. He kicked this reporter and the reporter starts like nervously laughing and Forrest is dying laughing with that chuckle. Brian Battle is his son. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> um, but yeah, he cracked the guy's femur. Jesus Christ. I mean, dude, Char- Charlie hit me with one at like 30% once when we were we were training together and it left a monster bruise on my leg. And it was, I mean, he, he touched me. It was nothing. Okay. I'm going to, here we go. This is the Forest Griffin. Yeah, he he didn't tell him. He was a dick about this. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Oh. Crack the femur. Um, Oh, you can hear it, too. You can hear it. Oh. And that guy, you see him shaking it off? He's like yeah. nervously smiling. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and you hear four is not that bad, right? <laughs> My goodness. That, that's, that's messed up because he didn't tell him about it. He didn't tell me. See, that, that, I think that's the big difference. I think I, I, I think I would be less worried about like seriously hurting myself if I'm prepared and at least like tensed up and shit. 
But but also, yeah, could very easily just snap my leg like a fucking toothpick. <laughs> well, on that note, until next time, it's the Harry and Gary show. Harry, this has been fun. Always a pleasure, brother. Dude, we got a lot to say, man. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> I feel like I get tangents is going to be a, uh, a recurring theme. I know. And in the radio business, you have to fill the segments, the three segments in uh, the you have to make it to the 20 and the 40s the, the right spots. so you have to do about 12 to 15 minute segments on one topic that's the rule to do one topic and then you hope in the commercial break when you come back from the commercial break you take callers on that topic hey how you doing bro dobeningo here <laughs> and first time long time that's the rule they would kill us kill us for the tangents so i don't know um yeah, we can Maybe work we on a little more structure next time. Tangents and tangents and tangents, but it's been fun, my brother. Yeah, for sure. I, I the one thing about tangents is I think tangents are good because it's it's natural. You know what I mean? Like it's not you're not forcing anything. That is a good point. That is a good point. Like it all that all felt very very loose, like you said, chemistry, very very uh, free flowing. Till next time, peace. Un- until next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.